The following program is brought to you by the 511 Media Group. This program is available on iTunes, Spotify, the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, and 511mediagroup.com. What is going on, Spook Girls and Witches? Welcome back. We hope you had a great holiday. Uh, we hope you're gearing up for the new year. I know I'm excited to get this over with. Um, but we did have something pretty cool that happened this year, and we're going to talk about it today. Uh, there's been a break in the Zodiac case. Not a big one. Just a small little... <laughs> Just a tiny little one. A small information, which was interesting, I'll say. I, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but... No, we, we wanted we'll to talk to about it. it when it came out, but then we were like, oh, we still have two weeks of scheduled information so we uh we're lucky that we scheduled it really really soon yeah <laughs> uh but i will warn you that this is a longer podcast today um we're giving as much information as we possibly can it's a big case and um, it will be graphic just a yes. warning trigger warning it will be graphic there's violence there's murder it's not gonna be pretty um and we are just gonna be talking about it i mean it's an unsolved yeah. murder it's, it's incredible not the worst <laughs> serial killer no. we've talked about but no, i think Don I, was the worst. yeah i think this is very interesting i've been obsessed with the zodiac killer since i was a freshman in high school I'm, yeah 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 I, I i mean i've always wanted to know more about it um i watched zodiac with robert dunny and okay, all those I've guys yeah. yeah with mark ruffalo and all them um didn't make it through the movie, but I think it's interesting that they try to capture so many different angles on this because they don't know who it is. Yeah. I have I feel like one day, like a really long time from now, they're going to be like, that's who it was. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I just, I feel like the evidence wasn't handled properly at all. I mean, it was also over 50 years ago and yeah. <laughs> we didn't really understand serial killers And we didn't have all. the technology that yeah. we do now. I feel like if someone tried to do this it would be way easier to find them yeah and it's it's insane because you look at all the unsolved cases and like if you watch buzzfeed unsolved or whatever just like the craziest unsolved mysteries like it's always down to like poor evidence yeah. <laughs> or not enough was collected or just it was poor detectiving case yeah. because they just don't know how to do it and it's it sucks because you know this affected a lot of people and it scared a lot of people for a long time so yeah, I actually used to have nightmares about the Zodiac <laughs> Killer coming to me. But, like, he didn't, like, come and kill me. He left cryptid, like, letters in random places that I wouldn't find unless I looked. It was just, like, a what nightmare. What was in the letters? I don't know. That's the thing. You never you found them? No. <laughs> I, I know where one letter was. It was, like, inside of a roll of toilet paper. And I was How like, crafty. what does this say? <laughs> I don't speak this language. I don't speak numbers. <laughs> like, I don't math. <laughs> Yeah, he was, I don't, this guy was something else. I mean, I just think he was kind of a nutso who thought he was really smart and yeah. just got away with it because people didn't understand crazy. So Yeah, I feel like he might have been a little too cocky. Yeah, I mean, if someone did this now, like we said, like, it would be so easy to track it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of this type of stuff on, like, crime shows and all that stuff. So um, it's interesting how we're like, oh, well, we could totally do it if today hit it, but we still haven't solved it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the theories are kind of wild at the moment. So Yeah, and the only reason that the cipher that just came out was decoded was because someone created a uh, – Computer, computer code. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't even see it right away. Like, I know I'll get into it later, but uh, he didn't even really... They weren't expecting to crack it. It just kind of... Yeah. He saw something, and he was like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me replug this in. And then it just 
unveiled. Yeah. So if he wasn't paying attention, like they wouldn't have caught it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get into it <laughs> after that chit chat. <laughs> it, it's just an interesting case. You can yeah. talk about this for hours with people and you can come up with a million yeah. theories. When I was at work earlier, I mentioned we were going to do the Zodiac Killer and everyone was like, oh, that's amazing. I want to listen. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> listen. Yeah, listen. I mean, we need more subscribers anyway. So yeah, uh, I think this one will definitely be more interesting to people. It's a updated case. People are looking into it. Um, yeah, I feel like this is one of the cases that everyone <laughs> likes to hear about. Yeah, I mean, I thought I knew about the Zodiac Killer until I did research, and I was like, I did not know that much about the Zodiac yeah. Killer as I thought. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, I read a huge, huge article from Princeton and referenced a lot of it when cross-referenced with other websites, but uh, Princeton did a really great job of wrapping up the case, getting all the facts, and just really straightening it out, because even if you compare, like, I trust Princeton because yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, Ivy League university (laughs) and i i trust them a lot more than like other websites because a lot of the information is really muddled yeah and uh different so i was like oh that's weird like that didn't say that on that website i I think when i was doing my research i cross-checked like 10 websites because they would say like there were small details that were different i'm like no i'm just gonna like yeah a lot of it's like the person's life that would died and like all this other stuff and i'm like this doesn't make any sense how can it get so confused like there's so little information yeah you can't get it wrong uh (laughs) like i I feel like the only thing that they could get wrong is like the description and like why or why not certain people were suspects yeah and even then it's like it's just it's a lot of information and we're gonna do our best to kind of get through it (laughs) and make sure it's pretty self-explanatory uh we're gonna talk about letters we're gonna talk about um the ciphers and we're gonna talk about the suspects uh victims everything in between so um hope you're ready grab a snack um it's gonna be a long one (laughs) some water too get some get comfortable we're gonna hydrate this year yes (laughs) make sure you hydrate for the new year too (laughs) (laughs) so getting into who was the Zodiac Killer? We don't know, first off. Um, but the Zodiac Killer is a self-proclaimed serial killer linked to five crimes over Northern California in 1968 to 1969 and may have been responsible for others that we haven't discovered or I don't think there were others personally because I feel like it was pretty obvious when it was a Zodiac crime. Uh, He also taunted police and sent letters and threats to police and newspaper companies for 1969 to 1974. Uh, Despite investigations, no one was ever arrested, and this case still remains open. Yeah, and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize is, like, there's constantly uh, new tips, new uh new information they're coming across and yeah. they kind of have to cipher through it because you know they they're going to take anything they can get at this point and like obviously if it's too absurd like they're not going to follow it but yeah. you know there's still some suspects they're still looking into and just it's it's insane how much work they're still doing on an at a 50-year-old case yeah this has been a case for 50 years and no new leads since it became a a case yeah and and they're like oh well I mean I guess it could be this but it's been so long that it's like yeah how can you even you know put two and two together without definitive evidence exactly like say the person who actually did it isn't any of their suspects yeah 
they're not going to figure it out now. Yeah, there's like a ton of books right now that are out um, that they talk about in all these articles. And they're talking about how, you know, they think it was just some CEO of a company and like all these random people. And I'm like, yeah, it could be anyone. Like, yeah. I, like I know we're trying to get a we're trying to get so a face to the to the crime. But, you know, it, it's not as easy as saying, oh, I think it was this person because they liked watches. <laughs> <laughs> like It's just it's it's a very hard case to. Uh, to do this but um yeah i mean he was he was linked to five murders and two survivors um so i mean it it, i think there could have been more but only if um you know he changed tactics or moved away you know i mean people can he might have gotten scared honestly by being too cocky with the letters and just like dipped out and started killing somewhere else yeah where they wouldn't suspect him and that might just be the case um, you know, there could be unsolved cases that they just didn't link together because there wasn't a letter. You know, that yeah. was how they linked these. So it's kind of insane to think that he could have had more victims, but because there's no letters to prove it, like they don't know if it's Yeah, him. like the only reason we know any of these people were killed by the Zodiac is because of the symbol he would leave or like giving descriptions and letters, but and nothing else. Calls, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like they have no information. Um, so anyway, let's just... Let's get into the uh, the victims here. Um, so on December 20th, 1968, uh, Betty Lou Jensen and David Arthur Faraday, they went on a first date and parked off Lake Herman Road, which was a lover's lane in Vallejo, California. And between 11.10 to 11.15 p.m., a killer put a gun to David's head, killing him. Uh, and Betty tried to run and was shot five times. Police found a Winchester X copper-coated .22 caliber casings at the crime scene. Um, and they struggled to find a motive for this crime. So this was actually later revealed after the next murder because they didn't think anything of it. They were like, oh, this is just such a random crime. Like, there's there's no murder. Yeah. Like, there's no motive behind this murder. It's just a murder. <laughs> um, so on July 4th, 1969, Darlene Farron and Michael Magus, or Mago. Magoo. Magoo. <laughs> Uh, Darlene asked her babysitters to stay a little later so she could pick up fireworks for a party after work. Um, And she picked up a friend, in quotes here, friend, Michael, (laughs) uh, and he noticed they were being followed. Uh, There was a car chase that led him to a golf course where she hit a log causing the car to stall. Uh, The car parked but then quickly left and drove off and then the car returned five minutes later and parked. A man approached the car with a flashlight and began shooting at Michael and shooting Darlene nine times. Michael saw the man leave before he returned to shoot twice more. The course caretaker called the police and they didn't respond because they thought it was just fireworks as, you know, for the July. Yeah. Uh, and three teens found them and called the police and they got there just in time to save Michael. But Betty died or Darlene died. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wrong <laughs> Dar- person. Yeah. Darlene died uh, before. the. I mean, she got shot like 20 times. Yeah. So there was no way she was going to survive that. Um, Michael was wearing three layers, which might have just saved his life. Um, he was insecure about his body, so he wore multiple layers to make him seem more full. Um, and the story of the car chase was questioned at first because it was suspicious that a man was with a married woman at Lover's Lane. Uh, but they later saw the ignition was on in low gear and no parking brake was on, which was consistent with a stalled vehicle. So they think that they might have been seeing each other, but... Um, they later found evidence to support his story, so they didn't believe him at first. Okay. So then a call was made at 12.40 a.m. in the morning saying, hold on, let me find my note here. 
I went to report a double murder. If you will go a mile on East Columbus Parkway to the public park, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm Luger. I also killed these kids last year. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, and within an hour of the murder, a phone call was made to Darlene's family with heavy breathing suggesting the killer knew her. Um, and a friend of Darlene said that she knew the first victims. So they think that she was somehow involved in this. Um, Darlene's husband was, uh, he found a yellow envelope with strange writing in her hand, suggesting that she was in some criminal matter. So he thinks that she might've been looking into something that she wasn't supposed to, hence the person finding her and killing her. Okay. Uh, I just don't see how that could have been a motive for this crime. I feel like all of the crimes don't have like a clear motive though. Yeah. I mean, if she knew the, the previous, um victims then i mean i can see how like if she was looking into it behind the scenes and he somehow found out because he knew them like yeah you know how some people scout out their victims before they kill them it could yeah. have just been another one of those um the other ones kind of seem kind of random but these two are like the most linked out of all of them i think okay Okay, so on July 31st, 1969, the first letter was sent to three newspapers with the ciphers, um, and this was the first time the symbol was used. So uh, the letter reads this, Dear Editor, this is a murder of two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo. To prove I killed them, I shall state some facts which only I and the police know. Christmas, one brand name of ammo, Super X, two 10 shots were fired, Three, the boy was on his back with his feet to the car. Four, the girl was on her right side, feet to the west. Fourth of July. One girl was wearing patterned slacked. Two, the boy also was shot in the knee. Three, brand name of the ammo was Western. Over. Here is part of a cipher. The other two parts of the cipher are being nailed, <laughs> nailed, <laughs> mailed to the editors of the Vallejo Times and San Francisco Examiner. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. It is a cipher is my identity. If you do not print the cipher by the afternoon of Friday 1st of August 69, I will go on a kill rampage Friday night. I will cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night and then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. Um, and then he drew his signature symbol, which is, it looks like a rifle almost. Yeah, it's also, I've seen those symbols at churches because it's a symbol for the sun as well. So it's yeah, a like circle on the with cross. a cross. Yeah. Yeah, a couple actually decoded one of the ciphers that was printed out, and it read, I like killing people because it's so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Now, if that sparks a memory in your head, it's from Most Dangerous Game, the book. I can't remember who the author is. I'm sure I have it written down somewhere yeah. here. But in 1974, these letters ended up stopping. Yeah, so... um Without major work, it's unclear if the three ciphers offer separate messages or they're meant to be combined. Um, so the police chief, Jackie Stiltz, requested the killer to send more facts to prove he was the killer. With every communication a killer makes, they unwittingly reveal more information that could lead to an identification or capture. So he used this as like a ploy to kind of get more information out. They obviously realized they had some serious stuff on their hands. Um, and so August 7th, 1969, he fell to the trap and sent a third letter um it says dear editor this is the zodiac speaking in answer to you asking for more details about good times i have in vallejo i shall be very happy to supply even more material by the way 
are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. They <laughs> When they do crack it, they will have me. On the 4th of July, I did not open the car door. The window was rolled down already. The boy was originally sitting in the front seat when I began firing. When I fired the first shot at his head, he leaped backwards at the same time, thus spoiling my aim. He ended up on the back seat, then the floor in the back, thrashing up violently with his legs. That's how I shot him in the knee. I did not leave the scene of the killing with squealing tires and raising engine as described in the Vallejo paper. I drove away quite slowly so I as to not draw attention to my car. The man who told the police that my car was brown was a Negro, about 40 to 45, rather shabbily dressed. I'm sorry for the language. I'm just reading word for word. Um, I was on, at this phone booth having some fun with Vallejo cops when he was walking by. When I hung up the phone, the damn X at thing began to ring that drew his attention to me and my car. Last Christmas. In that episode, the police were wondering as to how I could shoot and hit my victims in the dark. They did not openly state this, but implied this by saying it was well at night, and I could see the silhouettes on the horizon. Bullshit, that area surrounded by high hills and trees. What I did was tape a small pencil flashlight to the barrel of my gun. If you notice in the center of the beam of light, if you aim it right at the wall or ceiling, you will see a black or dark spot in the center of the circle of light, about three to six inches across. When taped to a gun barrel, the bullet will strike exactly the center of the black dot in the light. All I had to do was spray them as if I was a water hose. There was no need to use the gun sights. I was not happy to see that I did not get the front page coverage. And he left the mark and no address. So, this is when Donald Hardin and his wife cracked the code in under 20 hours with no previous experience in ciphers, though I think the wife had an interest in it. Yeah. Um, and the solution you read already, so I do not need to repeat that. Um, and the Hardens broke the code on August 4th, 1969, but it wasn't published until August 12th. So they waited eight days because they were unsure. Um, and before this was published, a, in quotes, concerned citizen mailed a cipher key to Detective Sergeant John Lynch. And this is questioned whether it was the killer or if it was someone scared of the killer who didn't want to be, um, you know, their name to be known. Yeah. So they wanted um, to remain anonymous. 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 Um, I can't say anonymous. that. Anonymous. Can I not say that word? I I just found out right now. I could not say that word. Thank we'll just, you. We'll just say they don't. They don't want to be known. Yeah. <laughs> they secret. All right. So on September twenty seventh, nineteen sixty nine, Brian Harthella and Celia Shepard, uh, the couple enjoyed a picnic by Lake Baressa on the peninsula. The Zodiac approached with a gun and a knife in his belt uh, rope and was wearing a disguise. He bore an executioner hood and a symbol on the chest and sunglasses. He told the couple he wanted their money and car keys to go to Mexico. He told them he was an escaped convict from Montana. He told them he killed a prison guard, stole a car, and has broken nothing to lose. He proceeded to tie them up and eventually told them he had to stab them. He stabbed Brian first, and he did the same to Cecilia, and she rolled onto her back where she was stabbed repeatedly. Brian was still alive, and the killer threw down their belongings before leaving. Um, let's see. <sighs> I got a lot of notes here. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, on the car door, he left a message, and it has the symbol of Vallejo, 12-20-68-7-4-69, September 27-69-6-30, by knife. So, he left basically how he killed them, when he killed them, and... Um, left his symbol so that they knew it was him. 
Um, on his way out, he drew their car a message. Without, without this message, the crime may not have otherwise been connected. The victims were still alive and were able to escape their bonds, um, and a nearby fisherman heard their moans and called for help. Their, Ill, their killer also called at 7.40 p.m., and he said, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They are two miles north of Park headquarters. They are in a white Volkswagen Carmen Gaia. I'm the one that did it. So only Brian survived this. Cecilia was stabbed 24 times and died the next day after um, losing her battle overnight in the hospital. And this is when they kind of realized that he only killed women. And it was only because the men weren't attacked as intensely. Okay. So maybe he has some childhood trauma like mommy issues or something that he's targeting women and making sure they're donezo when he leaves. Yeah, or maybe he had some kind of, you know... Ted uh, Bundy situation? Yeah, where he, like, didn't like that he was gay and he got oh. jealous of the women, maybe. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Could be another theory. Um, so, on October 11th, 1969, was Paul Stein... Paul Stein was 29 years old in Presido Heights, I believe is where this took place. Um, on October 11th, 1969, like you said, a white male passenger entered Stein's cab and requested to be taken to Washington and Maple Street. Stein drove one block past Maple Street and was shot in the head with a 9mm and he took Stein's wallet, keys, and a piece of his bloodstained shirt, which got sent in a letter later on. Three teenagers called the police at 9.55 p.m. while the crime was still in progress, giving a description of the man while he was wiping down the car. So when the Zodiac committed this crime, before leaving, he made sure to wipe down any evidence that he had. Um... The Zodiac actually did leave a letter, and it read, This is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this here is a blood-stained piece of his shirt. I am the same man who did, who did in the people of the North Bay area. The San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their motorcycles seen who could make the most noise. The car drivers sh should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning, just shoot out the front tire, and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Now, that is absolutely terrifying, I will say. Um, the killer never lied in his letters necessarily but the risk of dismissing his threat on the school bus as a bluff uh, was too great of a risk to take the response from area school officials was how can you re overreact with a threat like that um, Napa Valley Unified School District placed a extra man on every bus as lookout for sniper attack 70 police units also rode guard on these buses, heavily armed, and others followed the bus in Florida Street Department and Ranger Station pickup trucks. Plainclothes cops watched the bus in San Francisco from unmarked cars, and more than 100 police vehicles were alerted. There were even air patrols in order to make sure this threat never came to fruition. 
Whether one or more of these measures deterred the killer from acting on his threat or if he never intended to carry it out in the first place may never be known. But what we do know is that children were kept safe. That's the most important thing in the long run. Okay, so um, we talked about Paul Stein. Did we talk about how he was almost caught again? No. No? Okay, so let's go back to Paul Stein for a second. Sorry, I had to take a mini break. <laughs> so um, she talked about how he was uh, driving and how it, it kind of seemed almost like it was like a like a rushed crime almost. Yeah. It seemed kind of like... Like he had to be somewhere or he knew he was going to get caught if he spent too much time and left like a usual note or something. Like not a note, but like how he left carvings. Yeah, it seemed like this one was a little more risky and it made him kind of nervous because it seemed like a really quick and kind of messy crime. Yeah. Um, which would make sense if, if he probably thought it was messy, which is why he would have gone outside and wiped down the car. Yeah, so that I think it was also, I don't know if the, he knew that the 14-year-old the girl saw him, but there was enough time for the girl to call over her brothers and them all to see him wiping down the car. Yeah. Um, which also is kind of confusing because the evidence they pulled from this was a bloody handprint that wasn't Paul Stein's. Um, but uh, he talks about, I saw it on a website somewhere, that he made these special fingertip caps, so it's hard to read your fingerprints it's like the technology before people just started frying off their yeah. uh, fingerprints so it's kind of confusing whose hand it was <laughs> and why it was there because there's no way they could have pulled dna from the zodiac if that's true you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> so i don't know um how accurate that information really is um but they did basically get the description wrong of the man um, because the connection was bad or something. I don't know how phones worked back then. Um, so <laughs> there was a miscommunication. They thought it was a black man. So when um, the two cops that were arriving on the scene saw a man walking, they asked if they saw the killer. And obviously this was the Zodiac at the time. Um, and this is how they got the um, sketches because they corrected them. Um, once they got back to the police station, they admitted that they think they saw the killer and that they might have let him go because it later came out that the correct description was what that man was wearing. Yeah. Um, so the police tried to cover it up, actually. They didn't want the public to know that they saw it. Um, I don't know why. Um, I mean, I get why, but like... <laughs> It's, it's an honest mistake, you know, miscommunication. It's yeah. not something that the that cops can be blamed for. Yeah, that wasn't their fault. But seeing someone close to the crime scene, you should be like, hey, what have you been doing the last 10 minutes? Yeah, and um, when I was reading it, it also said if it was a little lighter outside, they would have seen the blood on his shirt. But okay. they didn't see any of that, I guess. I don't know how dark it was, but yeah. <laughs> obviously not enough to see blood stains. Um so then they had witnesses see him go into this undergrowth that was nearby, um, and the park was searched, but nothing was found. But they found a bloody handprint on the door, and it became confidential at the time. Um, and he basically mocked the police after this, um, saying, I think you read the letter, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so they almost caught him. He knew they were there, but he was still hiding, and they still didn't find him. So I think that's kind of strange. Um how you have dogs on the scene and police officers and you can't find a single man hiding in a small undergrowth forest area. Um, 
I, that's a that's a big oops. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless he found a scent to cover human smell. Yeah, there's no way he would have had enough time to prepare to almost getting yeah. caught twice in one night. Yeah, exactly. That was a really out of all of the crimes. That was definitely the messiest. I'll say. Yeah, and I think that's that's maybe why he stopped after Paul, because he got so scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on October 13th, 1969, a letter was sent with a 3 by 5 inch square of Stein's shirt, which is why they only knew it was him, because they had a shirt. Um, so unless they knew what shirt he was wearing and had the exact same shirt and cut it up, it's linked to the Zodiac. Yeah. Um, so he sent the letter... And it says, this is the Zodiac speaking, I thought you would need a good laugh before you get the bad news. You won't get the news for a while yet. Uh, P.S. Could you print this new cipher on your front page? I got awfully lonely when I am ignored. So lonely I could do my thing. And it says July, August, September, October equals seven. So he's implying that he killed seven people, but... He didn't kill seven people. He only killed five at this point. <laughs> and he also, I don't believe, killed anyone um, one of these months. I forget which one it is. But he didn't kill one of the one of the months. So they're like, who did you, where, yeah. where, where is your math? <laughs> yeah. They're like, something's not adding up here. Um, and then on November 8th, 1969, he sent another letter um, along with the cipher. So, um, it says, this is the Zodiac speaking, up to the end of October, I have killed seven people. I have grown rather angry with the police for their telling lies about me, so I shall change the way I'm collecting of slaves. I shall no longer announce to anyone. When I commit my murders, they shall look like routine robberies, killings of anger, and a few fake accidents, etc. The police shall never catch me because I have been too clever for them. I look like the description passed out only when I do my thing. The rest of the time, I look entirely different. I shall not tell you when uh, my decide. <laughs> I think he's trying to say disguise, but it says disguise consists of when I kill. Turn the page here. As of yet, I have left no fingerprints behind me, contrary to what police saying. My killings, I wear transparent fingertip guards. All it is is two coats of airplane cement coated on my fingertips. Quite unnoticeable and very effective. Hence why I said, how can it possibly yeah. be a matched DNA? You're testing the wrong DNA, right? So I'll talk later on about the lead suspect, but <laughs> they, they test it for the DNA. And obviously, if he has these fingertips on, how can he match DNA to something yeah. that's not existent? No matter what they do, there's no way they can match anyone to that crime. There's no DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing. My killing tools have been bought through the mail order outfits before the ban went into effect, except one, and it was brought out of the state. So as you can see, the police don't have much to work on. If you wonder why I was wiping the cab down, I was leaving fake clues for the police to run all over town with. Fingerprints. Handprint. <laughs> uh, as one might say, I gave the cops some busy... God, his spelling is so bad. Some busy work to do to keep them happy. I enjoy needling the blue pigs. Hey, blue pig, I was in the park. You were using fire trucks to mask the sound of your cruising uh, prowl cars. The dogs never came within two blocks of me, and they were to the west, and there was only two groups of parking about 10 minutes apart. Then the motorcycles went by about 150 feet away, going from south to northwest. P.S. Two cops pulled a goof about three minutes after I left the cab. 
I was walking down the hill to the park when the cop car pulled up and one of them called me over and asked if I saw anyone acting suspicious or strange in the last five to ten minutes. I said yes, there was this man who was running and waving a gun and the cops peeled rubber and went around the corner as I directed them. And I disappeared into the park a block and a half away, never to be seen again. Hey pig, doesn't it rile you up to have your nose rubbed in your boo-boos? If you cops think I'm going to take on a bus the way I stated I was, you deserve to have holes in your head. Take one bag of ammunition, nitrate fertilizer, and one gallon of stove oil and dump a few bags of gravel on top and then set the shit off. And po- and it will positively ventilate anything that should be in the way of the blast. God, this man. <laughs> the death machine is already made. I would have sent you pictures, but you would be nasty enough to trace them back to the developer and then to me. So I shall describe my masterpiece to you. The nice part of it is that all parts can be bought on the open market with no questions asked. One battery power clock will run for approximately one year. One photoelectric switch, two copper leaf springs, one or two six volt car batteries, one flashlight bulb and reflector, one mirror, two 18 inch cardboard tubes with black, black with shoe polish inside and out. He spelled out. How do you spell out? Wrong? Yeah, that's a that's a three letter word, <laughs> Mr. Zoe. O u t e out. The system checks out from one end to the other in my tests. What you do not know is whether the death machine is at site or whether it is being stored in my basement for future use. I think you do not have the manpower to stop this one by continually searching the roadsides looking for this thing, and it won't do to rewrote and reschedule the buses because this bomb can be adapted to new conditions. Have fun. By the way, it could be rather messy if you try to bluff me. The letter is presented with this diagram, um, and it's his symbol with a bunch of X's around in a half circle. And it says, P.S. Be sure to print the part I marked out on the page three, or I shall do my thing. Um, He's always saying, do my thing. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be vague about it. We know what your thing is. <laughs> um, P.S. Be sure to print the part I marked it on page three, or I shall do my thing. To prove that I am a Zodiac, ask the Vallejo cop about the electric gun site, which I used to start my collecting of slaves. Um, <laughs> I I don't get his whole slave thing, you know. I I think, so, they were talking about how he's killed seven people, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, maybe he means also, like, psychologically, right? Because those two people that survived are never going to ever forget this. Yeah. And they're probably going to be looking over their shoulder for the rest of their lives. Like, yeah. they are definitely traumatized. <laughs> so No question about it. There's no way they're going to be able to continue on their lives and, like, be able to sit in a car in a dark parking lot and just chill for I'd an hour. i ride a bike for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or no. take the train, never ride a car again. Yeah, I'm like, I will never be alone again. But and they're then, men, too. Yeah, like, that's the yeah. worst part. You know, like, they don't typically have to be afraid of these things. But yeah. now these two men are, like, scarred for life. And they don't talk about it ever. Yeah. Like, they do not talk about it in public. They don't talk about it with their friends. They don't talk about this at all. So, obviously, there's some deep-rooted trauma. And, like, <laughs> that's why I think maybe he means, like, psychologically he killed seven people. Yeah. Because, like, he broke a part of them that day that they'll never get back. Exactly. Moving on to December 20th, 1969, another letter was sent. This man just loves to talk to himself, I guess. And this was sent to uh, Melvin Belly, who was a lawyer at the time. Um, And this is the one they're kind of not sure is a Zodiac, but I have some thoughts about this letter. So it says, Dear Melvin, this is the Zodiac speaking. I wish you a happy Christmas. 
This one thing I ask of you is this. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because of this thing in me won't let me. I'm finding it extremely difficult to hold it in and check I am afraid I will lose control again and take my ninth and possibly tenth victim. Please help me. I am drowning. Drowning? <laughs> drowning. Drowning. Okay. At the moment, the children are safe from the bomb because it is so massive to dig in and the trigger mechanism requires much work to get it adjusted right. But if I hold back too long from uh, no nine, I will lose... He crossed out complete, and he still spelled it wrong. <laughs> All control of myself and set the bomb up. Please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer. And he sent the zodiac symbol. Um, people weren't really sure about this. There's a lot of people that think he's somehow British because he says Happy Christmas, but people say Happy Christmas. It's just yeah. a thing. Um, but it's more common in Britain. I get it. <laughs> um, this guy is definitely American. He's not very smart. Yeah. <laughs> the British have a pretty decent education system. I think they would know how to spell out. Yeah. Or <laughs> losing. Um, so uh, this is when I think the turn of people um, thinking that this was linked to DID. Um, because there's a feeling of drowning and not being in control. And, and he knows of the other personality. So, like, um, I know I talk about this with, like, everyone. But... Um, dissociative identity disorder is not portrayed properly in split so don't mm -hmm. think that people know what this disorder is it's also called multiple personality disorder but now it's dissociative identity disorder um, and in split he doesn't know like the personalities know of each other but he doesn't like the He's main guy conscious. doesn't know anything conscious like yeah. the the original guy that is suffering from these personalities doesn't know that it's happening. Like yeah. these characters are just, you know, communicating and taking control over each other when it's not really like that. Um, these people only have a couple personalities at most. Um, and it seems like he's suffering from just another personality. Um, it could just be an excuse um, and feeling extreme guilt. Yeah, because a lot of serial killers, if they think that there's no way of getting out of the crime they'll say that they're crazy they're like oh the demon inside of me made me do it in yeah order and sometimes they do feel remorse and sometimes they yeah. hate what they did um there's usually some periods like jeffrey dahmer had a period where he went down a religious path he completely went clean and then he started again yeah um now it's hard to say if that happened with him or this is a serious psychological disorder um but at this point if they really wanted to do their research, if I was a detective on this case, I would look up in the San Francisco area, everyone that has gotten psychological help for dissociative identity disorder and what they've talked about and talk to the psychologist because, I mean, there's only so many people with this disorder. It's not yeah. a very common disorder. Um, so I think that this was a really big breaking point, even though some people think it's not him, uh, mainly because he also talks about an eighth victim that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um but we don't know. There could have been an eighth victim. Who the hell knows? Yeah. We don't know who this guy is. It's hard to say, you know, if he killed another person or not. We don't know a lot about this guy. We don't know what's behind it, especially if he has two identities. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, if we, the only reason we know he killed pretty much half of these crimes, if not all, is because he told the police that he did it. Yeah. So we're just speculating because he's told them, but... What if he didn't tell them? You know, what if that's yeah. a part of his game? Like, can they guess if it's me outside of me telling them? Like, are they smart enough to figure it out? Yeah. Um, I think he liked toying with the police. I think he liked trying to outsmart them. So I don't put it past him that he killed an eighth person. Um, so 
Detective Graysmith uh, speculated the identity of the eighth victim. Um, he th- said it was between uh, Leona Laurel Roberts, but it didn't fit the style. And Elaine Davis, and she was never found, so they couldn't really compare um, the style or anything because her body was never found. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then March 17th, 1970 came around which was Kathleen Johns. So this is an interesting one. And when I was researching, this is when I texted you how this doesn't really fit his style. So it's mm-hmm. kind of confusing. Um, so uh, Kathleen was driving away from Modesto, California, when a man drove up behind her and motioned for her to pull over because something was wrong with her wheel. He offered to fix it, and he obviously didn't. He loosened the nuts on the tire, and then as soon as she... Uh, went to drive away. Obviously, the nuts weren't there. Um, so he offered to drive her to the nearby service station. She could see it down the road. So it wasn't a far drive. She yeah. probably could have walked there, but she had a baby with her and she was pregnant. So she didn't feel like walking, <laughs> which is I understand. <laughs> um, and he drove past it onto a deserted back road. And he kept pulling over and getting back on the road. And he kept saying that he was going to kill her. And this went on for two hours before she eventually found a break when he pulled over and grabbed her kid and ran and hid in a ditch. And he kept searching for her. And um, he only didn't find her because a trucker came up on the road because it was kind of by an exit. So a trucker came up and he was like, whoa, what the hell's going on here? And um, he freaked out and left. <laughs> um, oh, there goes my water bottle. Um, so the trucker stayed with Kathleen because she was petrified to drive with another man because, you know, obviously she almost just got kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> um, until a woman came up and drove her to the police station. Um, and as she was reporting the abduction, she noticed a man in a wanted poster that was hanging up. And she said that was the man that took her. Um. The police found her car with a tire on, and it was set on fire. So, a couple things about this one. Um, He's never kidnapped anyone before. Yeah. Um, He just shows up, kills them, and leaves. He usually doesn't let people know his identity right away. He usually just kills on sight. Um, Yeah. And there was no gun. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think he threatened her with a gun, but I don't... You know, yeah, but why wouldn't he shoot her? Yeah, but when in, in one of his crimes, he didn't use a gun. He did use a knife. Yeah, that's true. But he did leave a message. They wouldn't have thought that was him without that. He didn't do anything, though. Like, he barely gave these people a chance. Yeah. And see, the only thing that gets me, though, is if you put the DID into perspective, right? So the couple that was killed with a knife. Mm-hmm. He was talking to them for a long time before he decided he was going to kill them. Um, he was making conversation. It seemed like he was kind of unsure, which it could have been his other personality trying to fight back for control. Which would which would make sense yeah. that it was a different personality since that is the only crime he committed where with a whole costume. Mm-hmm. Every other crime, he just looks like himself, but not himself. Yeah, and so this one... He also was going back and forth, back and forth, like, I'm going to kill you, and then driving away, and then stopping. I'm going to kill you, and then keep going. Like, are you making up your mind here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be like, okay, if you're going to kill me, kill me. Like, yeah. stop doing this. <laughs> like, we can talk if you want to talk, but, like, if you're going to kill me, do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, don't be like this. Like, what's going on, dude? Um, you don't just kidnap somebody and not kill them. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially if this is the Zodiac, because he never waited for anyone to say anything. He always just shot on sight. Yeah. Which is why these two are so weird. <laughs> and so um, there was a letter sent on April 20th, and it said... Um, this is the Zodiac speaking, by the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is, and then he leaves this code. Um, I am mildly, <laughs> gosh, I'm sorry. It is so hard to read his hand, his writing. He has very poor grammar, which is very common with his letters. If you look up any of the letters, he has horrible writing. He does not spell right. He's has horrible grammar. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make it sound better than it does, but it is literally horrible. He says, I'm mildly serious. He spells it C E R O U S. Cirrus, as to how much money you have on my head now, I hope you do not think that I was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with a bomb at the cop station. Even though I talked about killing school children with one, I just wouldn't do. It just wouldn't do to move in on someone else's territory. But there is more glory in killing a cop than a kid. He also spelled it CID, by the way. Oh my gosh! <laughs> because a cop can shoot back. I have killed 10 people to date. It would have been a lot more except that my bus bomb was a dud. I was swamped out by the rain and we had a while back. Um, so it had another diagram in it. Um, and it explains how the whole thing is supposed to work. But he says, P.S. I hope you have fun trying to figure out who I killed. Zodiac symbol equals 10. San Francisco PD equals zero. So at this point, he's claiming he's killed 10 people. But who? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the issue <laughs> with this whole case because there's just not enough information. And who knows what this man could have done, especially if he was psychologically unwell. Who knows what this man really was capable of and what he actually did do because yeah. he liked toying with the cops. That was his thing. He wasn't being consistent with his crimes anymore. His last one was rushed. Um, he didn't even kill his last victim. So this man is obviously suffering from something and he's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> like he is struggling. So um, people went on to uh, decipher this and it's deciphered as Alfred Newman. And uh, Alfred Newman is uh, the mascot for the humor magazine, Mad Magazine. I'm sure you've seen it. If you've yeah. seen the picture of him, he's very recognizable. Um, I mean, except if you were born before, like, 2005, I'm sure you would recognize <laughs> this. Um, so, obviously, they think it was kind of like a like a funny... It was like the fool... Not the fool, the... It's a meme. Everyone yeah. knows what I'm talking about without even, like, explaining it. It's the, like, joke meme. Yeah, so... Troll, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's a. he kind of seems like he trolled the police. Also, it seems like he might have changed his code a couple times because people were figuring it out, so yeah. they speculate that he might have been changing it. So they're not entirely sure, but if they match it with the other code, that's what it said. Yeah. So I they don't think it was an accident. They think he was just like, oh, haha, you thought it was me, but it's Alfred Newman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so in searching for victims 9 and 10 mentioned in the letter... Uh, Gray Smith found Kathleen Johns and Mary Antoinette Ansi. She was found dead on the side of a country road in Lake County on March 21st. So it's hard to say if this letter was sent with him knowing that he 
killed this woman because obviously, you know, someone doesn't have to die the same day in order for it to be um, the day they were killed. Um, So I think that, you know, maybe he did kill this person and maybe he, if we're going with the psychological tactic here, he psychologically damaged Kathleen John. She's probably never going to trust men again. She's probably never going to get a car alone with another man. Yeah. Um, so she's going to be seriously damaged for the rest of her life. And I think that if that's what we're going with, yeah, he has 10 victims. <laughs> yeah. He has hurt 10 people, whether it's killing them or making them suffer. Who knows? Like we said, this man is psychologically unwell. It's very unclear what he could mean by any of this. He's talking about owning slaves when he dies. Okay, so we have to kind of think on his level. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then on April 28th, 1978, days after the next letter, um, he said, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast. The postscript on the back was a little bit longer. It said, if you don't want me to have this blast, you must do two things. One, tell everyone about the bus bomb with all the details. Two, I would like to see some nice Zodiac buttons wandering about town. Everyone else has these buttons like peace sign. It Well, it's an actual peace sign. Yeah, <laughs> 70s hippies, you know. Yeah. Um, Black power, Melvin eats blubber, etc. Well, it would cheer me up considerably if I saw a lot of people wearing my button. Please, no nasty ones like Melvin's. Thank you. <laughs> so he just wanted attention at this yeah. point. He, he wasn't doing anything, but he wanted glory. Um, but obviously nothing was made. <laughs> so um, I don't know why he took this long to respond. Um, but he sent a letter on July 24th. or No, June 26th. Well, I jumped way ahead. June 26th, 1970. Um, He sent this letter, and this cipher is still unsolved. So this is when I think that he changed his ciphers because people were starting to figure them out, Yeah. Um, which is why it's not solved. (laughs) To this day, it is still not solved. Um, And it says, this is the Zodiac speaking, I've become very upset with the people of San Francisco Bay Area. They have not complied with my wishes for them to wear some nice Zodiac buttons. I promised to punish them if they did not comply by annihilating a full school bus i don't know how he thought annihilating was spelled but that is not it (laughs) (laughs) but now school is out for the summer so i punish them in another way i shot a man sitting in a parked car with a point 38 um, and he left a symbol saying that zodiac was 12 and the san francisco (laughs) police department was zero um, the map coupled with this code will tell you where the bomb is set. You have until next fall to dig it up. And then it was the code. So if you've never seen his code, it's a mix of um, letters with various symbols. And they don't mean what they're supposed to mean. So we have no idea what this man is yeah. supposed to be saying. Some of those symbols are like elements or runes or some type of symbol like that. But they don't mean at all close to what they do yeah like the omega sign in the greek lettering is not gonna mean what it does in yeah greek. <laughs> so um this one's still unsolved and he has this picture of a map and he um kind of made it the zodiac sign and it says zero three nine six and they found out that it's set to be um the magnetic north um which is a whole nother issue, which is why they think he's so smart to know that. But I'll get into my theory about that later. Um, and then he sent another letter um, on July 24th, 1970. 
And he says again, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am rather unhappy because you people will not wear some nice Zodiac buttons. So I now have a little list starting with the woman and her baby that I gave rather interesting ride for a couple of hours one evening a few months back that ended in my burning her car when I found them. And this is when I was like, okay, so is he taking credit for a crime that he didn't commit? But the only way that that would be right is if Kathleen, you know, she identified him in the poster. So unless she was so in shock that she just thought the man looked like the guy that kidnapped her, um, we have to trust her on this one. (laughs) But I also feel like the description in the drawing of the Zodiac Killer is a very generic looking man. And they mention that. And a lot of a lot of writers mention how that's a very average looking man in that time period yeah. because a lot of people in those glasses a lot of people have that haircut i know of three people that look like the zodiac <laughs> killer <laughs> not him no, they're not him <laughs> um so then he sends another letter two days later um and it says this is the zodiac speaking being that you he gave them two days by the way <laughs> to make buttons okay yeah <laughs> this is the 70s this is not like whoa buddy i need to design <laughs> Yeah, so uh, being that you will not wear some nice Zodiac buttons, how about wearing some nasty Zodiac buttons or any type of Zodiac buttons that you can think up? If you do not wear any type of Zodiac buttons, I shall, on top of everything else, torture all 13 of my slaves that have been waiting for me in paradise. Some I shall tie over anthills and watch them scream and twitch and squirm. Others shall have pine splinters driven under their nails and then burned. Others shall be placed in cages and fed salt beef until they are gorged with... I shall listen to their pleas for water, and I shall laugh at them. Others will hang by their thumbs and burn in the sun, then I will rub them down with deep heat to warm them up. Others I shall skin them alive and let them run around screaming, and all billiard players. Why why is he going for pool players, man? What did they do? (laughs) Um, I shall have them play in a darkened dungeon cell with crooked cues and twisted shoes. Wow. Okay. They're going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. Let's be honest. If they're professional billiard players and they're good at it, they'll figure out how to use a broken pool stick. Yeah. Anyway, this is just so ridiculous. That was um, <laughs> so much detail about what he wants to do to his slaves once he gets to paradise. Let's be very clear. You're not going to paradise and yeah. torturing people. That's yeah. not how this game yeah. works. <laughs> if you Okay, so for a minute, let's say his paradise is the common heaven and hell theme. He's not going to heaven, first off. No. And f- if for some way, some way he repent for all his sins of killing people and he made it to heaven, all of the people that he killed would not be his slaves. If anything, they would be there as a constant reminder of like, hey, I'm here because you killed me. Yeah. And he wouldn't be because that's just not, that's not how Big G works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... He then says, yes, I shall have great fun inflicting the most delicious pain to my slaves. Again, he says that the San Francisco Police Department was zero and he was 13. So no new people, but um, the letter continues, apparently. He doesn't know how to end a letter. Yeah. (laughs) So as someday it may happen that a victim must be found, I've got a little list. I've got a little list of society offenders who might well be underground, who would never be missed, who would never be missed. Why did he say that twice? That just threw me off. There is this pestilential nu- <laughs> nuances. I don't know what he's trying to say. Who yeah, write I for mean, autographs. To be fair, he's a really bad speller. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to make sense of some of these words, but his spelling is so bad that not even I can guess it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
who write for autographs, all people who have flabby hands and irritating laughs. Why is he so mean? Why? <laughs> why Why is this like, notorious if, serial killer You're going to so kill mean? people with flabby hands? They can't what help ma- their hands. Hold on. What makes your hands flabby? Like, I don't I don't know. I have like bones chubby in my hands. hands. Okay. I don't I don't know. I feel like he's very judgmental. Um, all children who are up in dates and implore you with implant. Um, all the people who are shaking hands shake hands like that. And all third persons who with unspoiling take those who insist. They'd none of them be missed. They'd none of them be missed. There's a banjo... This man is losing his mind. (laughs) There's a banjo serenader and the others of his race and the piano organist, I got him on the list. All people who eat peppermint and vomit? This seems like a joke. Like, he's just picking out random things that people like and like, you know what? I don't like you and you're going here because of that. Who vomits in people's face? And also, he spelled it... P-H-O-M-P-H-I-T. Wait, that's how he spelled what? Vomit. Vomit, okay. I'm um. almost positive that's how what he meant to say. <laughs> Fomfit. Profit? No, 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 there's no R in there. No. <laughs> Moving on. Um, They would never be missed. They would never be missed. And the idiot who phrases with enthusiastic tone of centuries, but this in every country but his own. And the lady from the provinces who dresses like a guy who doesn't cry in singularly abnormally the girl who never kissed. I don't think she would be missed. I'm sure she wouldn't be missed. And the nice impriest that is rather rife with er, the judicial hummerist, I've got him on the list. All funny fellows comic men and clowns of private life they'd none of them be missed they'd none of them be missed an uncompromising kind such as whatchamacallit thing mebob and likewise well never mind and tut 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 and wash his name and you know who but the task of filling up the blanks i rather leave up to you but it really doesn't matter with whom you place upon the list for none of them be missed none of them be missed p.s the mount diablo code concerns radians number and number inches along the radius. The postscript bears a closer look. The original for this portion, whatever. Um, so he post he drew another picture, and it's a clue, I guess, of the most recent cipher, which doesn't give away anything. Um, he's. It seemed like that letter was almost giving clues of people he was going to kill. Which yeah, it sounds interesting, right? Like he's maybe giving descriptions of people that are around him. Yeah. You know, and, and back like in the, the day. Like the stereotypical, like, searching for your kill before you actually kill. Yeah. So, like, for example, the person, the man who dresses like a woman. That's not very common back in the day. Yeah. So, if you knew of a man who possibly dressed like a woman, a cross-dresser, a transgender uh, woman, you might be able to find who this guy was or locate the area he was in at least. Um, or the band, the guy who plays a banjo. How many people no play one the banjo? Plays banjo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, this little cipher they found um, shows the killer was designing a giant de- uh, geometric ge- geometric design on the map of San Francisco Bay Area, using his victims as markers. Um, again, they think he's a lot smarter than I think they're giving him credit for. No one makes that many spelling mistakes on purpose. Yeah. It is hard to think of how to spell these words the way he's spelling them. There's no way that he is intelligently writing these letters and making himself dumb, sound dumb. There's no way. <laughs> Who spells vomit? P-H-O-M-P-H-I-T. I feel like that one might be a joke. Like, there's no... 
I just don't see it's v- vomit. <laughs> Not fuck. No. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Um, So nothing was received from the killer from March 22nd, 1971 to January 29th, 1974. Um, And according to the letters, the body income was up to 37, but there's no evidence. Again, who knows? Yeah, he could have just been... We don't know this man. There's no way to profile his killings. We don't have enough information. That's why this case is so tricky. (laughs) So some are trying to link the murder of Sherry Jo Bates to the Zodiac's first victim on October 30th, 1966. She was attacked in a college library parking lot with a knife wounds and a severed jugular, which again doesn't entirely match his profile. But then again, we also don't know if this man has two identities or what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to link any of this yeah. stuff to him. So like say he has two personalities or identities and both of them are killers. Each of Except them. Except one feels bad and the other doesn't. Yeah. One has remorse, one doesn't, and they both have different ways of going about their killings yeah uh so it's it's tricky i think it's definitely the reason why this is unsolved i mean there's a ton of literature on this there's a ton of professionals getting behind this and trying to figure this out there's a lot of brain power behind this but it's so difficult to even begin to understand this um so we'll move on to the pop culture adaptations Um, that's all on the victims and that's all the important letters that were sent there was more letters sent out but none of them really made sense some of them they didn't even know if they were from the zodiac at the time um it was hard because a lot of the letters just didn't make sense and at that point it could have been anyone um the and also i think some of the handwriting didn't match so people were trying to pretend to be him which isn't cool at all (laughs) wanting attention um, so the pop culture adaptations, the Zodiac Killer came out in April 1971. Dirty Harry is a popular one that came out in December of 1971. Uh, the Zodiac Killer 2005, that's the one. Uh, oh no, the Zodiac is the Zodiac is the one with yeah. Robert Downey. That one also came out in 2005. Zodiac came out in 2007, and there was a book Legion by William Peter Blatty, and he wrote, he was the one who wrote The Exorcist. Um, so obviously this book was super popular and that's the one where he named the killer, the Gemini killer. Okay. So I'm sure you've heard of that as well. Um, so a letter was written in 1978, but it's not confirmed to be the real Zodiac because of the different handwriting and tone of the letter. Then again, we don't know what happened between then and now, if it's a different identity or if he maybe got psychological help. I don't know. I do like that they called him the Gemini killer instead of the Zodiac killer and well, like yeah. talking about the two personalities. I don't know if that was their intention behind it, but I think he just changed the name, honestly, yeah. but But it's interesting they picked Gemini because two personalities with that. So there's five real main theories that people have come up with that he stopped killing or presumably stopped killing. The first one being that something changed in his life. And they're they're going based on a on the typical serial killer. So something major changed in their life. They got married. They had a kid. Uh, they found Jesus. You know, yeah. whatever it might have been, something seriously changed in their life. Um, the terror of the public was enough to substitute for killing. So the fear of the public was as good of a feeling to them as killing people. Yeah, because I feel like the Zodiac Killer puts that kind of put everyone on high alert for. But I feel nap. like he also enjoyed the killing. Yeah, you know. 
Like, he enjoyed coming up with these things and taunting the police because he's outsmarting them. I don't think that he necessarily was satisfied with the public. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they didn't even like him enough to wear his Zodiac buttons, you know? Yeah, if he would have been satisfied with just, like, scaring people, he could have just left notes places and, like, terrified people without killing anyone. Yeah. Um, another one is growing older. He was institutionalized, incarcerated, or he died, which again, um, I feel like if he was any of these things, he would have left some information behind somewhere. Or if he was already locked up, why not just say you were the Zodiac killer? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not getting out of there, why not just admit to it? Um, if he was institutionalized, if he got sane, why would he not own up to it? Yeah. <laughs> or... Um, you know, if he died, how would nobody know? You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. have the evidence, they have the things that they would have left behind. If I was going to die or I knew I was going to die, I'd have a letter somewhere yeah. and upon my death, they would find it and be like, huh, I was a Zodiac killer. You never caught me. How does it feel? Yeah. <laughs> and that would drive them crazy. Right. Cause the evidence was right before their eyes. <laughs> um, the fourth one is recovered from DID. Which would make sense, but also if he had that personality that felt guilty, why would he not? Own up. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because he tried to own up to it, but he obviously was restraining the other personality and he was struggling for power. So, I mean, I think he would have owned up personally if he recovered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And five, which is what I think was most likely, he killed victims differently and they weren't linked to him. Like I said... Serial killers tend to move around, kill in different places, kill multiple times differently. Um, you know, Ted Bundy changed the way he killed people. It's very common to change their style, yeah. but they have one single common thread that's usually similar. Um, so we're probably looking for more women who were killed or men that were injured or less severely killed. Um, but again, it's impossible to know if he stopped because we don't know who the killer is. That's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't know who he was. I definitely agree with the last theory the most. I don't necessarily disagree with the other ones, but I just don't see them. Yeah, being I just that don't see likely. them adding up. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense with a typical serial killer, yeah. especially the most famous ones. Like they don't follow any of these. <laughs> like yeah. they always come back to killing. It's a life cycle. And if you read up on a lot of serial killers, you know that they fall into this life cycle. They fall into. I want to kill someone. Oh, I'm killing people. Oh, I feel bad. I'm going to stop. And then they start killing again. It's something that they can't control anymore. It's just an innate want that they want deep down and they yeah. can't fight it. It's like, an and addiction. they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the evidence again was mishandled in the sixties and seventies and the chains of custody were broken, leaving evidence spread everywhere across different agencies and there's also so few things to analyze which doesn't help this case um so this is this is a great thing so in 2018 the Vallejo police department submitted all their evidence for updated dna testing and we talked about this before so this is how the golden state killer was found okay because they had the evidence in their locker and it linked back to an ex-police officer and that's how they found out who it was <laughs> so that's awesome okay but there's no Nothing on the Zodiac. Yeah. And by now, most people who committed crimes are in databases or have been arrested for minor crimes. Everyone yeah. gets fingerprinted when you get arrested. Um, so if he was arrested or he did something serious, he would have been in the system. 
So over 2,500 suspects have been questioned over time and tips are still called in today. So now's the big news. The 340 cipher was finally cracked after 50 years. Um, <laughs> God, it's so crazy that this finally happened. Yes. Uh, you can read it if you yeah. want. <laughs> so the cipher was cracked um, by three men who used a computer code to decode and found the stuff. Cef- the cipher that read, I hope you all are having fun, lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. And then he left the symbol. So I... That was him explaining what the slaves are and what paradise is. Yeah, and this is why I also think if he was locked up somewhere or he was institutionalized, he wouldn't care if he got caught. Because if he got the death sentence, hell yeah, I get to go see my slaves a lot sooner. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that he wouldn't own up to this. But the interesting thing about this, right? So we talked about how they used a computer code to crack this code. Um, But they also found out because there was a Zodiac killer who called into a TV show and he said on the show, I don't want to go to the gas chamber. But since that code's been cracked, they think that that could have possibly been someone pretending to be him. Yeah. Um, Which is super crazy. Um, And I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why someone would pretend to be a serial killer. Probably. I mean, one reason could be that, they knew who the Zodiac Killer was. Say it was like his mother or something. Let's pretend the Zodiac Killer was a 18-year-old young kid and his mother wanted to protect him or his father wanted to protect him. So they threw him off their tracks and would give fake tips or like say stuff that's completely inaccurate to the Zodiac Killer's way. Yeah. And that's crazy that you say that because... I've kind of mentioned my theory to you before, not extensively, but enough. Um, I think that he was a younger person who was still in school. I mean, who remembers anything about radians, right? You remember mm-hmm. it's a radius is half of a circle, the half of the diameter yeah, of a circle. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> right? But how would he know some of the things that he did? Because he was not very intelligent. And, you know, back then school was also not as well as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um And especially if he was a delinquent kid, he wasn't going to school very often. I'm sure he probably skipped school, but he was there enough to know certain things that most people wouldn't know unless they were in school. So that also makes me think because he typically killed younger people. A lot of serial killers don't have like a like a target range. They have a perfect like victim that they think of and it doesn't matter the age, but he only killed people under 30. He killed relatively young people and in couples usually. Yeah. Um, And he mainly killed women and only one man. So I'm thinking it was a man, obviously. Um, And another thing that's kind of weird. So he talks about how he wears this disguise, right? And he doesn't exactly look like that. What can alter your features without you wearing a disguise? Makeup. Exactly. So what if he was wearing makeup to make him appear older, but he's really a younger Mm -hmm. person, right? Yeah. The man in the picture has, like, the sketch that they have of him is kind of older looking. I mean, he has some wrinkles, but 
How hard is it to make wrinkles with makeup? I will tell you from experience, it's very easy. Exactly. So maybe he wore makeup to disguise his features to make him appear older so that people wouldn't catch on to him. That way no one would even suspect someone that is significantly younger. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which could lead into why they assumed this other person who was in their mid-30s that did look like the description was the killer, but ultimately it But why would an older person kill such young people? Well, if you're going off of that theory, what could have happened that may have triggered this in him was that his parents got divorced or something his mom did his dad wrong so he just had a shitty childhood i mean it was the it was the 70s man people were recovering from a lot of stuff that happened in the 1900s and it wasn't a great time i mean it was a hard time back then and it wouldn't surprise me if this was a kid i mean he wouldn't know any better there was no strict gun laws back then Mm -hmm. you could order anything i mean he even said he ordered it like and got it mailed it to his house exactly um and also with that why would you not track out-of-state weapon? Yeah. I When you mentioned that earlier, I thought, like, why didn't they just, like, track the packages and see, like... Because not many people are buying out-of-state products. Yeah. So, obviously, if you're going to, like, do a Google search, for example. I don't know if Google was around back then. I'm not... I, this is just speculating if it was today. Why would you not just go on Google and say, like, knives for sale and yeah. see the first couple links that come up see if someone got delivered in the san francisco bay area go off of that there's so many different leads they could have gone with but i don't think that they were this well um prepared for this kind of thing um but another thing with this profile is that he called almost after every murder and letters contain extreme details Mm -hmm. so yes he typically did this but also he said in a letter that he was going to change how he killed people so he might have actually just changed the way he killed people and so he would get off i mean he almost got caught twice in one day yeah that would scare the shit out of me too so a lot of times when they get scared they run and go somewhere else so i think he just left the state and killed somewhere else and just got away with it because they didn't catch him the first time with evidence so why would they catch him somewhere else yeah i just think he moved and got the hell out of there and started killing other people like, I'm sure there's a lot of unsolved cases that he was a part of. Um, he could have just been a serial killer skipping state to state and leaving when, like, they were on to him. Exactly. Um, so I promise we're getting there towards the end. Um, I kind of want to talk about the um, suspects that they had. They had yeah. about eight prime suspects. Um, so I know you have stuff about Alan, so we'll talk about Alan in a minute. Um, I'm going to get through the first two suspects. Okay. <laughs> um, so the first suspect that I have written down here is Lawrence Kane. The reason he was suspected because he worked with Donna Lass, who was a suspected victim. He served in the Naval Reserves where coding may have been learned. He was arrested for peeping in 1961 and prowling in 1968 and had a car accident in 1962 with left him with a brain injury that could have compromised his ability to control his urges. Which makes sense. I mean, he was Navy. He was con- he was trained how to use a gun. He might have learned code. And he was already arrested for previous crimes. But if he had fingerprints, why wasn't he in the system? But mm-hmm. also they talked about the materials used for the fingerprint tips. So maybe he acquired those when he was in the Navy. <laughs> um, but they... Um, 
Oh, actually, this one was never written off. So um, his name was also embedded in the Zodiac Cipher and was reported that Darlene was bothered by him and that he was the most physically similar to the Zodiac photo. And Kathleen Jones also identified a photo of him. Um, so he was never ruled out. <laughs> so these two guys I'm going to talk about, they a lot of them were ruled out. But these two don't have a reason to be ruled out. And they're very likely that this could have been the guy. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've read that why it wasn't them is because DNA and handwriting didn't match. But again. There was no way for it to match. <laughs> exactly. And anyone can mess up their writing. Yeah. You know? um, so the second suspect was Ross Sullivan. He worked at the library that Sherry Joe Bates was found at, and he made his coworkers very uncomfortable, and he disappeared for several days after that murder. He had similar haircut and glasses to the Zodiac. He moved to Northern California in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder, <laughs> bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. I read the same word when I was saying bipolar disorder. <laughs> Uh, he wore military-style jackets and boots that were similar to the prints that were found at Lake Berryessa stabbings. His last name could be a reference from the Zodiac letters mentioning the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, so he, the Zodiac, we didn't really talk about it because it wasn't, you know, um, necessarily with the information we were putting out. But in some of his letters, he would reference movies and books and stories um, that were his favorite. And a lot of them are linked to these people that we're going to be talking yeah. about. And this was just one of them. So now we're going to get to uh, Arthur Lee Allen. I'll give why I have that he's a suspect, and I know you have other information. So we'll kind of okay. get through that. So this is someone I think could have been the, Zo the Zodiac Killer as well. Um, so he was considered a prime suspect and he was questioned in 1969 and again in 1971 after a friend reported him telling them that he wanted to murder people and secure a flashlight to a firearm. He owned a Zodiac brand watch, owned the same caliber gun, and told the police his bloody knives that were found in his car were used for killing chickens. Completely random. <laughs> okay. Um, he was dishonorably discharged from the Navy and fired from his teacher job for sexual misconduct allegations. So he's not, he doesn't have a good record here. Yeah. Um, he was ambidextrous, implying he could have disguised his handwriting. And this is where I said it also could have been disguised murders because if he was predominantly one handed, you know, like how most ambidextrous are mainly right-handed and they can yeah. write on their left, whatever. And most people learn it when they break an arm or something. Um, it could have been used to disguise murders. Like, why would they suspect a guy who's mainly right-handed if the killer was left-handed? Yeah. <laughs> um, he was questioned again in 1991 for telling an informant he killed a cab driver. Michael Vallejo identified him as the shooter. Uh, he owned boots identical to the killer, and his favorite short story was The Most Dangerous Game, which was referenced in a Zodiac letter, and he died in 1992 at the age of 58 of a heart attack, which is why we never fully got information about him. Yeah. So what do you got? Yeah, I have in uh, 91 that Magoo picked him out of a police lineup, and Hartnell, Hartnell? Yeah, we'll go with that pronunciation. Said the voice and appearance was similar to the killer. Not that it was the killer, that it was similar. And it's hard to remember someone's voice over yeah. time, especially if you don't know them. Yeah, their crime happened in the 60s, the late 60s, and this is now in the 90s. This is 30 years later. Yeah. Like and he only heard the voice once. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he probably never it not It probably replayed it. in his head. Yes. Obviously, he has some trauma, so I'm sure that he might think but he over hears time, it, But over time, it'll get more yeah. diluted. Yeah. Alan also talked of ideas 
uh, about this novel he was writing. He talked about this to one of his friends, and he would mention killing random couples, taunting police with letters, sign letters with a symbol from the Zodiac watch that he owned, and he told his friend that he was fond of a waitress at IHOP, which was Darlene Farron. Alan also, uh, wore ten and a half shoes, similar to those left at the scene, like you said. Um, but the reasoning is that they think it wasn't him was I'd went eyewitnesses of Stein's murder said it wasn't him, and again, finger, palm, and DNA and handwriting did not match. Mm-hmm. And then Alan didn't wear glasses, and had but again, it could have been a disguise. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and had old, or was old with gray black hair. But he ended up dying before police could even talk to them. Yeah, so um, I also have that he was ruled out because the people who think he's guilty will give information to make him seem like a good suspect. This mm-hmm. is very common. This happens in daily life. People will make arguments for the side that they believe on, regardless of if the information is true, but they will only provide you with the evidence that they use for themselves. So, uh, as you said, the fingerprints don't match, and... The one in the Paul Stein's cab, which, again, we've talked about is kind of a weird piece of evidence. Um, Prints on a letter and the DNA profile that was made by saliva found on an envelope that was found in 2002. Um, They tested his left and right hand for handwriting and the zodiacs, which didn't match. And there were two searches done at his home and no incriminating evidence was found, which is interesting because there was a... um, uh, a newswoman who went and interviewed him in the home and she said that he was walking her through his bookshelves and she found things that seemed incriminating and kind of linked to the Zodiac and he, the things he was saying, she just got really wigged out and afterwards she's like, yeah, we just talked to the Zodiac killer. So she thinks it was him, but this guy could have just been a really big fanboy. Yeah. You know, it was, it's very common to idolize serial killers for whatever reason. Um, and he could have just been another one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Know? Alan was, uh, going back to that, uh, he was a convicted child molester from Vallejo. And police did question him twice during the, ac- the active period of the Zodiac. But um, reports of Alan, due to reports, Alan would say to his friends that he wanted to kill people and that he wore the Zodiac watch, owned the same caliber that was used in one of the shootings. And Alan's friend, uh, Don Cheney, reported that he called himself the Zodiac before. Mm-hmm. Um, on the day of Brian Hartnell and Cecilio Shepard's stabbing at Lake Baressa, mm-hmm. Alan was there scuba diving and returned home with a bloody knife. Interesting. Yeah. So I feel like that would definitely connect him to the crime since he was there and admitted to it and he had a bloody knife so let me get this straight right so his friend was okay to talk about this to the police but Mm -hmm. if you were his friend and you knew he was possibly doing these bad things why wouldn't you help the police by giving something that was incriminating right yeah why wouldn't you record it i mean i know it was kind of harder back then but there were recorders and you could have found the knife. You could have said, hey, dude, that's awesome. Let me see the knife, man. Like, yeah. that's so cool that you killed two people, man. Yeah. Like, totally play with him. Because if this guy's delusional, he's going to believe you. Yeah. If you sell it, he's going to believe you. And if you really want him to be turned in, you will do everything in your power. Like, I'm sorry. If you were doing this, your ass is going to jail. And I will make sure that you go to Thank jail. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate For that. For your own health yeah. and everyone else's, I, you are going to jail. I will do that, too. But don't forget the letter. <laughs> Okay, I will make sure I write the letter. I told I told Summer while we were talking about this that if I were to ever, um, you know, kill myself yeah. or 
am in a situation where I might die, I would own up to everything I've done in my life and spill all of my secrets and leave it in a letter. And I said, if you don't find that letter, it wasn't me who killed myself. Yeah. <laughs> Someone killed her. Um, so that leads us to our next suspect, Richard Marshall. He lived in Riverside in 1966 and then in San Francisco near uh, Stein's murder. People found him peculiar and say he talked about finding something much more exciting than sex. He liked old movies and The Red Phantom, which was mentioned in a letter in 1974. He lived in a basement apartment, which was also mentioned in another letter. He owned a typewriter and teletype similar to the Zodiac and liked felt tip pens and odd sized paper, which I don't know. If that has anything to do with anything, it could have just been a random piece of paper that he found. a (laughs) random fact about this guy. (laughs) Um, And he was ruled out because he denied being the killer despite admitting to similarities. And the detective, Ken Narlow, noted he didn't make a good suspect and he died in a nursing home in 2008. And if he was losing his mind in a nursing home, as most people do, most people's brains deteriorate as they die. Mm -hmm. He probably would have talked about something about the killing. So I'm sure that if it was him, he probably would have said something, Um, especially if he was in such critical care to be in a nursing home. Um, So next is Richard Gajkowski. He was a former co-worker and claimed he invited him, uh, oh, a for, sorry, a former co-worker of his claimed he invited him to engage in violent acts together. This man appeared as gold catcher in disguise on the History Channel show Mystery Quest in 2009 and provided recordings of Gajkowski's voice. A police dispatcher that spoke with the Zodiac thought it was the same voice. Again. Yeah. 2009. Crimes happened in the 60s that he called about. That's 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that that police person is going to remember the exact tone. And everyone's, everyone, the recording devices are going to be different. The phones back then yeah. had poor quality. This person's on a TV show. You know, it's it's hard to even say that you thought they sound similar. Something's going to sound similar in your yeah. head if you want it to sound like that. Yeah. Also, I feel like it. the only way they would be able to know from that time period like of a gap is if they were captured by the Zodiac killer and was tortured and spoke to him for hours, then his voice is like stuck in your head. Way more or permanent. you had a recording. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no way to just guess that it was the person you talked to. Yeah. Um, because that's just you wanting that to be true. Yeah. So he was ruled out because Goldcatcher was a known conspiracy theorist and was described by Inspector as one of the three Zodiac kooks. So he was obsessed with the Zodiac. Um, Gakowski was out of the country during the Lake Herman um, road murders but lost his passport and police denied requests to compare a DNA sample and he died in 2004. So suspect number six, this is kind of a newer one. This is Earl Van Best Jr., and this is Gary Stewart's theory. So um, this was his biological dad, but he was adopted. So Earl Van Best resembles the police sketch, um, and Stewart's son said that it was him when he saw the sketch on TV. So Gary Stewart's son walked in the room when they were displaying the um, the stuff on TV, and he's like, oh, Daddy, that's you. And so he went to his office where he had the only picture of his dad, and he cross-referenced it with... Um, Earl's 1962 mugshot that was taken after raping his mother and he lived in California during the killings was interested in ciphers knew a Satanist and a Manson family member and liked Gilbert and Sullivan which is in the letters he served time for statutory rape and may have had a grudge against Paul Avery who wrote the articles about his um, crime 
And he was also the one who the Zodiac would taunt in the letters. Yeah. Um, so Stuart found EBB's initials in the Zodiac ciphers and matched his handwriting from a marriage license with the letters. And there was a mark similar to a scar found on EVB's hand and prints from the cab. So it was ruled out because the method used to crack the cipher was questionable. The mark was similar only if the print was reversed, so it wasn't the same hand. Uh, the handwriting on the marriage license was the minister's. We should question that okay, minister. Yeah. <laughs> the photo resemblance was explained as a common look in the 60s, and he died in 1984. This leads us to our next suspect, Jack Terrence. And this is Dennis Kaufman's theory. So Kaufman claimed that Jack was a dead ringer for the composite sketch and claimed to have a stash of incriminating evidence such as a roll of him depicting possible victims and a hooded costume similar to the one the Zodiac wore during Lake Berryessa murders. On a 2007 Discovery Channel documentary, an examiner said Jack's handwriting matched the Zodiac's. Um, it's ruled out because officials dismissed the evidence as nonsense. The hooded costume was more vulgar than what was described by victims. Uh, Kaufman claimed a photo from the roll containing a blob of color as the Black Dahlia. <laughs> and researchers challenged the document examiner's credibility as she believed Jack also wrote the JonBenet ransom note. And he died in 2006. So clearly this examiner was a little cuckoo. Mm -hmm. um, because there's no way that this man is the same person who wrote JonBenet's yeah. ransom note. Because obviously someone in the family killed her we'll get to that in another episode but for <laughs> now we're focusing on the zodiac um the final person i have is donald lee i'm gonna butcher this last name bujok uh it's b-u-j-o-k bujok yeah yeah um he was released in 1968 from montana's deer lodge penitentiary after serving an 11-year life sentence for killing a deputy Fellow inmates reported that he talked about killing people to make slaves in the afterlife. Kevin Robert Brooks reported the Halloween card sent to Paul Avery depicted a harsh prison conditions and the word boo that was on the card is a reference to boojack. He was discharged from the army for mental health reasons and the markings on some Zodiac envelopes spelled out the Zodiac is a veteran with 4F. Uh, Brooks speculated the Zodiac symbol was inspired by a helicopter landing pad at Fort Ord in California where he was stationed. So a lot of spitballing similarities, I see it. Yeah, but I feel like it's reaching. Yeah. At this point, it's someone trying to make him a suspect. Yeah. Um, he was ruled out because the fingerprints didn't match. Hartnell told the ranger at the prison was in Colorado, not Montana. Bujak was released three days before Lake Herman road killing. Almost impossible to, for him to travel three states in three days, especially mm -hmm. if he was on foot. Um, he was incarcerated during the Bates murder and other earlier suspected killings, and he died in 1993. So here's some evidence. Um... So if the killer is still alive, it's estimated he would be in his 80s and 90s. If it's what I'm thinking, where he was younger, he's probably in his 60s. Um, so he's still probably young enough to be alive. Yeah. Um, he's someone's grandpa or father. Because he was thought to be in his 30s to 40s when he was in his prime of killing. But again, if it was makeup and he was disguised, he was probably in his late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, the case is still considered open and the police still look into tips that are frequently submitted and also new suspects because why the hell not? It's still not solved. Um, the evidence available is 30 boxes of evidence at the SFPD along with a cab door and other departments have car parts from the murder scenes and the plastic rope the Zodiac used to tie up his victims. So we have some evidence, but again, there's not a lot of DNA evidence. 
And also with all these suspects, a lot of them were locked up, a lot of them were institutionalized, and they all have fingerprints. Mm -hmm. So if it was one of these people, they probably would have found them by now. Yeah. Um, So investigator Frank Felsen believes the answer is somewhere in the files, and he remains super hopeful that it will be solved one day. He was the original investigator on this case. He thinks the answers are right in front of our faces, um, and we're just not seeing it. So... DNA testing advances are the hopeful tool in solving this case. So, again, it's hard to say because there's not a lot of DNA evidence, yeah. which makes this such a hard case. Um, if they were a little more tactful and took more careful evidence, I'm sure there might have been more. But we have almost nothing to go off of, except hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, if, I just, if this kid, if if this was a kid, there's a chance that... They took a forensics class and their teacher said, this is how you get away with murder because my teacher did that. And they were like, oh, you put And it doesn't help that a lot yeah. of things have come out, especially movies, even even back in the 60s and 70s, I'm sure that gave hints on how to be a successful killer. Yeah. And what not to do because the people get caught. Yeah. And especially if they're like learning about serial killers in school, they see where the serial killer went wrong. And they're like, OK, don't do that. Don't, like, he wanted to have a whole disguise. and Or he learned from the other ones that were popular at the time what not to do and why yeah. they got caught. Hey, don't leave evidence at the crimes like Ted Bundy did or Jeffrey Dahmer who left the evidence in his apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's he probably learned from other people, especially if you're young and you're interested in that stuff. And of course you're going to look into it. Yeah. And if he didn't have a good life and he grew up, he grew up in California, you know, it, it was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah. I was going to be like, hey, I grew up in California. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what it's yeah. like. There's a bunch of different people that live in California. Yeah. A wide range of people. There's people of all trends. and Some of the most popular criminals have come from California. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to say what this case could go into. I mean, there's so many ways that they could go about this. I think, honestly, they need fresh eyes on this case. They need people who haven't examined the evidence before. They need a lot of the top professionals to come in and just look at it with fresh eyes. The answer could just be in front of our faces and we're not seeing it. They need to reanalyze the codes, you know, and I know it's going to take time and it's going to be a lot of effort and maybe money spent. But if we really want to catch this guy, we got to work a little harder. Yeah. We got to work smarter and we got to think on his level. We're not thinking at his level. We're thinking this guy is some intelligent brainiac who clearly doesn't know how to spell and has things that most people would only learn when they're in school. You know, I feel like I was really smart when I was in school and now I don't remember anything. Half the stuff you made references references to, I learned in high school and now I'm like, oh yeah, don't know that. Exactly. A lot of times as you get older, you don't remember this stuff. So unless of you some math genius who really didn't know how to spell like at all, (laughs) um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think that we're going to, we're going to get this guy. You got to think on the psychological level of your, of your killers. Yeah. I mean, if you watch movies and shows like Numbers or even sometimes Criminal Minds or uh, if you watch Psych, like all of them are thinking at the level of the killer. You have to get in the killer's mind in order to see what he's seeing. And if you're thinking of this guy as some overly intelligent guy you're not gonna catch the guy you're looking for yeah you got the whole thing wrong you're miscalculating what he's thinking what he's doing what he wanted to do you got to look into other crimes in surrounding states 
you got to look into these similar things. Yeah. You need someone who knows criminology, yeah. someone who's a profiler. You need to they get these people looked. on a case and start looking at unsolved crimes in other mm-hmm. states. Even in California, maybe in a different area, just somewhere away from San Francisco yeah. and look to see what's similar and try to add them up. Yeah, they should have looked and saw, saw if there was a threat of crimes anywhere else in surrounding states or in California at the time where he supposedly stopped killing. Because if he's young, he's not going to have enough money to go to New York. He's yeah. not going to go across the country. He's going to stay somewhere close, but it's far enough yeah. where he's safe. And over time, if he wasn't getting caught, he's going to start leaving more evidence. Mm-hmm. He's going to get less careful over time. All serial killers do. They get confident. They start leaving more stuff behind. And all you got to do is see it. I think that they just need to do a little more digging. Yeah. They got to look into the stuff they might not have thought about. It's there. We just don't know what it is. Exactly. It's solvable. It's just going to take a lot of time and dedication. And I think they need to set a new team up just to work specifically on this case. Yeah. Have a set of people who haven't seen the case at all and have them like look at what we already have and go from there. Get someone from the FBI to come. Get people from different government organizations. Get their top people. Get them out and work in the same room together. I definitely believe he changed his code throughout it. And I think he did what he said he was going to do. This man was very good to his word. If he was going to change his killings, he was going to continue killing. He did not have an interest in stopping. And serial killers don't typically stop. Almost ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a single serial killer off the top of my head that stopped unless they were cut. And stopped and permanently stopped. Yeah. There's a lot that stopped but went right back to it. Yeah. It's an addictive feeling. It's about... The, the brain chemicals yeah. that are released when you're they killing somebody. They want to take control. It's the euphoric feeling they get from killing. It's about what they desire and what they're going to do to get it. Yeah. They won't stop until they're happy. And I don't think this guy stopped. I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's locked up. I don't think he's in an institution. Yeah. He would have ratted by now. It makes me wonder if they were another serial killer. Like, let's pretend that the Zodiac Killer was like, Jeffrey Dahmer obviously wasn't completely different. We know it's not, but like. But think about it, right? This is a proud man. He taunted the police. He wanted to be caught. He made sure that they made it a cat and mouse game. He was in control the entire time. Yeah. He had the information. He knew what was going on and he wasn't going to tell until they caught him. So if he was one other serial killer, why not tell? If you're getting the death sentence anyway. Why not spill the beans? Yeah. Why not say it right as you're about to be electrocuted? They the always last give words, I was the Zodiac killer. They give you they give you a chance yeah. to say your final words on your death day. Why not bring it up? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You wanted you wanted to taunt the police, tell them everything. Day you're yeah. about to die. Tell them everything and go on that chair. Go out with a bang. Yeah. It will kill them knowing that it was right in front of their faces. Yeah, they wanted he wanted fame and attention. He so, wanted to be recognized yeah. and adored. He wanted the attention and he was smart he enough to not get caught. the attention that Bundy got. He just wanted to play with the police. He knew that he was outsmarting them. He knew that he wasn't leaving enough evidence behind. I'm sure they did. He did. Because it's almost impossible not to leave any bit of DNA. We have yeah. such advanced technology now it that just, it's very yeah. hard not to. I but back like, then it wasn't like that. Yeah, I feel like it's almost impossible that throughout all of those killings, not a single hair fell off of his head. Or any particle from something he was wearing. They found yeah. footprints. Yeah. Why not look in the men that wore those shoes and the sizes? Why yeah. not why not trace them back? 
Why not look into the army? Why not look into all the people who own those type of guns? The mm-hmm. evidence is there. You just got to dig a little bit. It's going to be a pain in the ass and it's going to take a while. But if you want the answers, they're all there. Yeah. They just need to, I don't want to say try harder, but like. They just got to think differently. That's yeah. why I think they need new eyes. They need to go about it in a different approach. They got to get people who are in professional fields, people who are obsessed with this case, who look into this stuff every day, people who are still working on ciphers. Mm -hmm. They got to get all these people in a big conference room or something and hold a convention and just go to town, man. I mean, somebody's going to see a connection that somebody else isn't going to see. Yeah, absolutely. The answers are there. They're there. (laughs) Yeah. And the fact that we haven't found them yet is killing me <laughs> yeah ever since i heard about the case i was like okay when are we gonna find him still don't know okay come back in 10 years like we're gonna find him one day but we gotta do the steps we gotta take to yeah. get there it is a high profile case yeah we have not found this man it is a high profile case and we need to solve it yeah and i feel like if we don't find them soon we're not going to no there's a certain limit i mean my dad was born in the 70s he's 50 years old I mean, he's not yeah. He's not going to be alive for another 50 years. You got to catch this guy in his lifetime. And if yeah. he's younger, my grandparents were you have born a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents were born in the early 50s, so they they're at the exact age that the Zodiac killer would have been if they were in their early 20s. And if they're getting older, you got to catch him soon yeah. or you're never going to catch him. Yeah. Cuz once he's dead, all of that's going away. Yeah. <laughs> Unless if he leaves a death note, all of it's gone. Yeah. I just don't. I I definitely think they are still alive. I do. I think that he was a proud man and he would have been. He would have left something behind. Yeah. Someone would have found something. I feel like if we don't figure it out in 20 years, there's going to be a letter that comes out like, oh, it was me. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Why not get that final bang? Yeah, I think he had it in him. I think he's still there. Yeah, I think we're, we're just gonna not, be parents. And there's we're something gonna, we're not. Yeah. We're not getting. We're gonna be parents, and that's gonna come out. We're like what? That's how everyone felt <laughs> with the with the Golden State yeah. killer. I mean, my dad said it was like holy crap. Like he was just caught recently, wasn't he? And I was like, yeah. yeah. I remember when he got caught. I was like, what? Yeah, that's that's something that people were like, we never thought this was gonna be solved. Yeah, it's like the Black Dahlia, never been solved. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Jack the Ripper's way outdated. Like he's yeah. long dead by now. Yeah. but that was or something she. that was yes. Or we'll she. go <laughs> we'll go into that in a different episode. But this guy's still alive, most likely. So we gotta we gotta get on this if we're gonna. It's, it's now or never. Yeah, we got a very small time frame to catch this killer. Yeah, um, but I think I think we've held. Our earnings enough if they're still even here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for hanging in with us and listening to us speculate and go a little crazy. We hope you enjoyed all the wonderful theories and thoughts that came out of this. Um, If you are interested, we do have a discussion page. It's under our group page on our Facebook page. Um, Our links are all in our bio. Um, Go check it out. Tell us your theories. Link some theories. Talk to us. We love feedback. We get it from our friends. We want to hear from the people who actually listen every week. Uh, follow us on our socials. We keep up with our posts and post hints and uh, we our do, schedule. We do also have a TikTok page for the younger. I guess that would be our age group now. Yeah, but we're technically it's also the our, older audience. It's in our link tree as well. Yeah. I updated it once you made it. Yeah. Um, so we have all of our socials linked together. And there will be a video posted later today. And we will also be posting on YouTube soon. So look out for that on the 511 Media Group on YouTube. Uh, Thank you again. We love you. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next week.